you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so happy to have you joining us for this week's edition of the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I am so thankful to have a wonderful coach on today. Not only is she NM certified, but she's also level two Gottman certified as well. So I really wanted to bring coach Melissa Thompson on. Some of you might know her from Instagram or previous episodes or locally be her clients. So I'm so grateful to just get a chance to talk with her today. She's a type two, a mama four, and a powerhouse in terms of having walked through the seasons of codependency herself and to the other side to amazing self-care. In fact, now a leader of self-care for so many others. So today she's going to be using her type two gifts of attunement to help couples and individuals of every type to learn how to attune to others. And this is so important during this episode when Melissa is teaching us and we're dialoguing too, we're both throwing in some ideas about attunement. Make sure you're remembering that we're looking at instead of just the top down processing that we're always doing and that coaches are trained to do. In fact, I think we need some changes in the way coaching is talked about because coaching is traditionally talked about as mental. I want you to remember that when we're talking about marriage and even our own personal work, it is not just a dialectic of mind, body, but mind, spirit, body, heart. So as much as we're opening up the heart, think of it as this bottom up way of processing like our bodies, our minds, our hearts all together versus that top down mental only way of processing so that when you and your spouse are getting stuck, you can start using the language of attunement and of somatic experiencing and be able to think about this instead as the interoception, the body processing and opening up that the rest of you so that you guys can be curious and also see how you change and shift each of you. So when Melissa offers tips for the type one, one, don't take those for both of you. Whatever the other spouse is, make sure you take those tips as well. I know that probably sort of goes without saying, but I'm saying it because sometimes we hear one tip and we're like, do this with me. But we forget we may have opposite ways of processing our defense mechanisms through our bodies. One of us might be a freeze person. One of us might be a flight person. So be aware that we've got to work with each other's systems. Makes life more interesting too. So when we talk about attunement, I'm going to give you a couple of pieces of information for a review just so you know what we're talking about. Attunement is basically an acronym for it is awareness, the A, the T is turning towards, then another T is tolerance, U for understanding, N for non-defensive listening, and E for empathy. When you put all of that together, you're really learning how to speak into the life of the marriage, not just give your own quick 
instinctual or guttural or heart or thinking responses. You're putting it all together in a way that is very open-hearted and ready to attune. So I want to let you know I believe in you for the power of doing this. And you might have heard me recently mention on the affairs episode with Dr. Alexandra Solomon that I was recently reading some of Dr. Victor Frankel. And one thing I really liked that he said is that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And as you know, he was not only a PhD psychologist, but also an MD, and he had gone through the Holocaust. So to be able to walk through that reminder that you can choose your attitude with your life, with your marriage, with the ways that you decide to turn towards your partner and not against that is huge. So Melissa's going to bring it in just a few minutes. She is coming in hot with great tips for those working with a coach or counselor and then those just trying to learn a two minute home. And like I said, every single type is going to get blessed with these tips. I also want to congratulate Ashley Pye and Jennifer Joy. Actually, Ashley has the name Joy in her bio as well on Instagram for winning our half a million downloads episode contest. So very happy for them as they get whatever they want between a glow planner or deep dive or glow guides. So happy that we have products for you guys. If you did not win the contest, but you want to learn more about your marriage, we have lots of freebies as well as products at enneagramandmarriage.com. Now, I want to let you know before we get to the episode, a couple updates. Do not forget the affairs episode. Affairs are rampant. I want to make sure everyone is covered previous to having an affair so that you never have one. And then afterwards, if you've had one so that you can repair so effectively with Dr. Alexandra Solomon. So grateful. I also want to let you know that it's so important that as we look forward together, that you guys keep in mind that if you need extra support for your marriage, this June, we're starting out the Enneagram and Marriage Collective. Yes, the Enneagram and Marriage membership will be coming up soon. So instead of serving that 5% or so of people who want to be coaches only, we are serving everybody with ongoing monthly membership. So we'll give you the details for that soon, but be ready for that. Be chatting with your spouse about that. If you just want some individual or spousal care and you want to make sure that you get extra video trainings with me over Zoom and you want to be part of a group that's going to encourage you on a little bit more of a personal level. So I'm really happy about that. My final class of ENM certification for this year is wrapping up soon. Otherwise, people can do that still on an on-demand setting, but our live class wraps up this late April, early May, 2022, and then we can head right into summer membership. So, so excited for the collective because you guys know that's where it's at. We are a collective, especially as we do our personal work and our one-to-one work. We want to glow out there in the rest of the world too. So very excited about that. Wes and I are trying so hard to do our glow. I hope you're, if you're following along lightly or in the actual Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner, that you're doing the same. As you head into the next season, whatever it is for you, for me, it's going to be a lot of dance recitals and theater recitals and music and piano recitals for my kids. That's what happens at the end of April, early May, before we cast off another year. Just be aware not to let go of 
the relationships for anything, whether you're heading into those kinds of graduations or end of year school for yourself or loved ones or bring having babies, weddings, whatever you're in right now, make sure that you are looking at your week and saying, how am I going to get my reuptake with my fitness? How am I going to get our date time? Or if I'm single, my date with myself time. And how am I going to make sure I have some place and time for emotional processing? So those things I never want you to give up on as well as the spiritual time. I know that for our fitness, we are, my daughter just asked me today, do I want to do blow glotties with her? We're so excited that Cassie Ho came out with new protein and collagen powder. So I am excited about that end of things. So experience release in your own body, just this body work aspect that we're trying to do. And as a couple, we're working out a few times together a week, but really Wes and I are mostly in the gym and I encourage him every week. You are important. You need to work out too. So physically, that's what we're up to these days. And I hope you guys are up to something, even if it's literally like, oh, I've learned to take micro naps or I've learned to drink more water. So make sure you're tracking with yourself. Make sure you're tracking, like I said, with those date nights, just the being together. And something that, as you know, helps all of us to be able to do that in this hyper-modern world, signals of vulnerability in a relationship when you are eye to eye and touching and hugging and putting foreheads together. These are all signals and signs that you're close and that you're tuning as Melissa is going to talk about. But just make sure you're doing that. Make sure you are having fun and letting people know you care. Wes and I had a funeral and a wedding this weekend on the same day, and we really had to attune together to walk through this great loss. Uh, A psychiatrist we both refer to from his medical practice and our counseling and coaching practice. She's just a beloved soul. She wrote the foreword to one of my books. Her husband's a doctor, a pulmonologist, and just this wonderful family with Indian culture. Dr. Elizabeth John is somebody we'll never forget. She taught us both how to be a better clinician and to care for everybody, no matter who they are with the utmost grace and care. And if you like me as and my work, know that she influenced it greatly by even when she was having to discharge 1000 patients, she gave a closure session to every single patient. And she helped people who are anxious and depressed to be able to feel joy and to get married and go on missions trips. And to, just watching her husband at the funeral, and her children, heart-wrenching, we're crying, but also especially just hearing about their last most intimate moments together of him, even between his medical rounds, just sleeping at the hospital alongside of her is just so moving. I do invest in your relationships because to have that is a great, sweet gift. And that's what it's all about is what they kept reminding us of relationships. And then to go into that right from the funeral, almost just a few hours in between to a beautiful wedding, Wes's aunt and her husband, they're moving off to France soon, but to be able to then go to the Motorworks Brewery and enjoy a fun wedding after that and see a celebration of life starting together was like, wow, we are just in our emotions. And even Wes wanted to talk about like, hey, when I pass, like this is what I want for my legacy. This is what I want. Big conversations that you get to have when you're attuned and you're paying attention. So don't go too fast and miss the special moments. Don't play so much or get excited or get so mad that you can't really just be together and be that sanctuary together of healing. Because guess what? Then you can go out and do your glow so much brighter. So wanted to give you all that as family updates, as what we're doing in this crazy world and know that we're out there sweating with you or rather glowing, but 
but we are hoping that you are making your days meaningful and balanced with us because that's the absolute goal. So thanks for encouraging me too. Let's bring Melissa on and hear more from her about how each type can specifically attune to one another. Melissa, I'm so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. Thank you. I am so excited and honored to be here. (laughs) (laughs) You are so sweet and you're a pro by now. So we were just laughing before we got on together about our pets that we both had to lock out of our (laughs) offices. Isn't that so funny about like life after 2020? Yes. And pets are such attention seekers. My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're all happy that people are at home more now. So (laughs) yes, they are. They definitely, I think they are. Yes. I I know. True. Cause sometimes my dog (laughs) gave me the look the other day of a complete introvert. Like you're still here. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. My cats give me that look a lot. Like, Oh my God, when are you going to go so I can rest? Right. And you're like, my office is here now. They're like, that was my office. So, um, (laughs) So anyway, I'm so excited. We have you as a level two Gottman certified coach. You've also gone through the Enneagram and marriage certified training. And of course, you're a wonderful coach on our local staff here at Reflections in South Florida. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us today, Melissa. Well, it truly is an honor, Krista. And I am, I'm very excited to be able to talk today and just share a little bit of what um, the knowledge that I've gained and just the work that God is doing. It's a blessing. Mm. Mm. Yes, it really is. Out of your Gottman training, we've all been so blessed locally as a staff to learn from you. And I just hoped that this audience too could glean something. So can you tell us a little bit about John Gottman and why his work in your view is so important? John Gottman, um, he started this probably about 30 plus years ago and doing his research and he had labs that he created and they were home labs and, and homes that had cameras in them and they were studying people's conflicts tell my couples in in coaching, you have a distancer and you have a pursuer in every relationship. Mm -hmm. And the distancer is the one that becomes emotionally flooded. They may do the stonewall. They may be the one that distances themselves to get away from that because they are hyper aroused and they can't handle what is coming at them anymore. And so they shut down and the pursuer is the anxious attachment style. They keep coming at, they want to solve it all. They want, right. They want to deal with it all. They just want to keep talking and hashing it out. And they feel rejected and abandoned when the distancer becomes emotionally flooded and stonewalls them. And so what I try to teach my couples, even in that, is that you both need to understand which one is the distancer and the pursuer so that when you do have conflict, when when the distancer becomes emotionally flooded and hyper aroused, they shut down, give them time to go and take time to soothe themselves so that they physiologically can calm down and ground themselves. And for the distancer to know, okay, my pursuer is extremely anxious and very attached. So I need to let him know that Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back and revisit this and talk to him. So he doesn't feel abandoned and rejected by me. And it's just really attuning to each other and knowing those things about each other so that when there is conflict, you can take some time to self-soothe separately and it not be this awful fear of rejection or abandonment or not being heard. Mm, That's so important. And I'm glad you're saying just don't leave for good because I think that's what happens with a lot of the couples I work with is early stages of the work. That's the pattern is one is the pursuer, one is the distancer and the distancer does leave when they're flooded, but they don't come back. And it's days later that they're texting, Hey, you know, haven't talked to me in a couple of days, still mad. 
When can we get a session? And I think that's something that Gottman addresses. Can you tell us a little bit about what we could do in situations like that? With the Gottman practices, they will tell the couple that if there's one that leaves, that they are the distancer, don't chase them. Let them go. Let them have them sp- their space. It's a, it's a time for you to be able to work on what your wounds are, what your issues are in this relationship, to get into t- self-attuned, attentional awareness, right? To, to know what's going on within yourself, what has created this conflict. Think about how, when that distancer comes back, how are you going to handle this? Are we going to do a gentle startup with each other? Are we going to be kind with our words? We're not going to accuse. Um, we're not going to start attacking and criticizing. Mm -hmm. And even, even in sessions, they'll say when you have a couple and, and there's conflict and it gets heightened, one of them sometimes will leave and they let them go. They don't chase after them and they will tell the partner, let them go, give them their space. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, because they said a lot of times with the distancer taking off and going, Um, The reason why they take so long and don't come back is because Mm -hmm. they know that the pursuer is going to start right in on them right away. And they just cannot process that. So they Mm -hmm. keep the the fear that they have. So they keep their distance. And that's why I say, if there's an understanding of a distance or pursuer, and you know, one needs time to go self-soothe and the other one needs answers and to be able to have resolution. When you understand that about each other, then you can take that time during conflict. There is that respect and understanding and attunement to say, I understand my partner needs space. I understand my partner needs answers. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's very important for the distancer to say, we will revisit this. I'm not abandoning you and I'm not rejecting you. You are important to me. I need you and I want this to work. I just need to go and process this and self-soothe myself for a little while. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's so huge. You just said so much there that there's a lot of reasons why people come into these spaces with both pursuing and distancing. And I think that's so important to the whole story is you're reminding us of the narrative, but then you're helping people to see work with each other. Yes, you do have these defense strategies, but give the time, give the space and attune around it so that they're saying, this is why I'm leaving. This is I'm flooded. We're going to continue this. I love you. And they're showing some signals that it's not an abandoning feature. Um, so thank you for reminding us of that too. You are so good at getting people to open up in the heart, Melissa, as a type two heart type. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. I'm definitely a heart type. I'm all heart. I'm I'm all heart. Yes, you are. And you know what? I was saving it for this episode to tell you that I got a compliment about you this week from one of my clients who I referred to you for their teenagers. Thank you. I I love working with young girls. Mm -hmm. I love helping them walk that journey and being able just to speak into them and so that they know what their their self-worth is. I so wish that I had that. So Mm -hmm. I'm pouring into them the desires and the dreams that I had as a young girl. Mm. Oh, well, I, it was seen. And she's like, even after two sessions, oh my gosh, the difference is amazing. Oh, so thank, yes. Thank you for sharing that with me, Krista. Thank just, you. I was like, like, I need to tell her right away. And then I'm like, save it. This is going to be better. I think I, know, I think I know who you're talking about. And thank you for sharing that with me because she's absolutely precious. Oh, so thank I'm you. so glad. Yay. Well, I hope that just reminds our listeners right now that we can lean in even farther now as I already gave you a quick attunement 
reminder at the beginning of this episode as to just a rubric for what attuning really is. And Melissa has been sharing that too, but now we're just going to take some time to open up some dialogue about what each type can do to specifically attune. So I'm excited for this, Melissa. Okay. This will be fun. So I feel like we're playing a game. I know. Okay. And we always start with one on this podcast so as not to confuse. So (laughs) let's remember that ones love to use their heart. They have that whole one, seven, four going, if you know their arrow work. So they do have both, uh, feelings next to them with their wing as a two option. And then they also have that seven and going to four. So I know they can open up their hearts, but how do you specifically advise ones to open up their hearts when they're attuning to their spouse? Attunement is huge. It's, it's learning, you know, a lot of times in a conflict, when the other person is speaking, we're already thinking of what our defense is going to be. We're already thinking about what we're going to say back. If we haven't started over talking the other person Mm. and it's, it's really learning to turn towards your partner, really turning towards them and listening Mm. to them tuning to what their, what their heart is saying to you. It's hard to do sometimes, and it can be taken very personally. And of course we do become defensive when we feel attacked or uh, like we've done something wrong. And it's learning to put that self pride aside and saying, this is more important to me than what I need. And what I feel I'm going to listen to my partner. I'm going to attune to them. And that takes a lot of practice because human nature we automatically get defensive when we have somebody kind of telling us what we could possibly be doing wrong in the relationship with ones they're controlling in a sense, and there is no room for compromise. And so not always, it's just kind of when they're in their unhealthy place, which happens in a relationship with the conflict and it's being able to ask them to be aware of that and to step back from them and to be softer with their partner. And it doesn't have to be black and white. It's so that's really important for the partner of the one to say, you're safe, you're loved, you're respected, but I just want to make sure we're both heard. And I think that probably gives them a sense of, okay, we can do this now. And I've also heard from people, you and I were both in our Enneagram and marriage coaches, uh, ongoing inner circle work this week. And somebody was talking about how with a type one, they love to do the talks and the walks together. So that's another tip I wanted to throw in for a one who's opening their heart. Their heart loves you. They adore you. They're your protector and they're trying to protect you. They don't want to lose you. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. And and I think that hearing that just helps the ones to remember like, okay, I can take a deep breath and I can pause and it is work for a one to come through the resentment and the anger to get here. So it is a process. And that's why we're here for you. If you need extra support, your marriage is worth it. A lot of the times ones think this is worth it. And this is worth it. And I just want to remind you, your family and marriage are at the hallmark of everything that's worth it. Now, as a two, we would love to hear your advice on twos and how they can open up their hearts in a healthy way. Well, Choose, I feel like, wear their heart on their sleeve. They're extremely mm-hmm. vulnerable most of the time. And, you know, their their core fear is to be unloved or unworthy. And in a relationship, anytime there's any form of conflict or rejection, usually it's taken very personally as if I, I've done something wrong. And I'm speaking for myself as a two. I've done something wrong. I need to fix this. Instead of saying, this is a partner And my partner is here to love me and to honor me. And I know that they are not out to make me feel unloved or unworthy. And I need to stay in that place 
and know that I am loved and I am worthy and I am safe in this and being able to open up their heart. A two needs conversation. They need a sense of a validation from their partner that they are being heard, that they are being seen. And that comes a lot of times with time with saying, if I'm in a relationship, my partner just saying, I'm going to take this time to listen to you, to hear your heart. And I think that is most important for a two is, and I'm going to say that a lot, probably while I'm talking today, it's being heard and being seen. And as a two, that is so important to me in, in any relationship that I have and time, time Mm -hmm. spent with me is Mm -hmm. such a gift because Mm -hmm. people are so busy and they have so much going on. So when somebody takes that time to hear my heart. And so in that conflict, we are automatically wounded Mm -hmm. and we just have to remember where we are. We have to bring ourselves back to the present moment and know that this person, that this partner that we're with, they're not out to hurt us. They're hurt. And that may come across that way, but our fear is of being unloved and unworthy. So we guard our hearts with that. And it's being able to say, it's just remembering you're in this relationship and this person is not out to get you. They're not anybody from your past to wound you again. So that's, that's where I would say putting your heart out there for, for a two in the relationship is just remembering you are loved and you are worthy. Mm, I love that you are reminding our twos of that, that they're worth the effort and the time and, and thank you because they just need to hear that and to be brave and to know that stirring up conflict is really important to the whole piece of peace actually. So Mm -hmm. thank you for giving them that wisdom that they get more respect when they show more self-respect. Correct. Correct. Cause we can take on that, that codependent tendency too, where we mirror our other person's emotions and we forget what we're feeling as well. So it's, it's, again, it's attuning to ourselves and being aware of what are we feeling right now? What are we going through? What is it that is triggering us in this conflict with our partner? Yes. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Well, let's talk about type threes and what they can do to open up their hearts. A lot of threes partners feel that they have a hard time uh, just because they struggle with that vice of self-deceit, really getting in there and getting to see that open up. And I know you and I have both been privileged to walk with threes who have done mm-hmm. this. So um, what tips do you have for threes? For threes, it's really working with them and digging deep with them to know mm-hmm. what their fears are, helping them to be aware of the masks that they wear, the things that they hide behind, because mm-hmm. of course their, their fear is worthlessness and they are very task oriented and appearance oriented and it's helping them to be aware of that in the relationship and not hiding behind those things. And yes, threes can, they get kind of stuck in their, their inner world of fear of rejection and not being loved for who they are. And I feel like in a relationship, they strive a lot of times, even in their relationship, no matter how long they've been with them, that mask stays on and they try to gain and win and the approval and the love of their partner. And I I want, when I work with my threes, I want to touch that in a soft way with them in a safe place. So they can take off that mask. They can say, yes, my whole life I have strived for acceptance and love and to feel worthy. And, And in my relationship, I do this, this, and this. And outside of my relationship, I do X, Y, and Z. And 
I want them to be attuned to themselves, to be aware of, of what that is, what that looks like for them so that when they're in those moments of trying to please their partner, to gain their love, to be able to step back and say, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. Mm. I, I need, I need to stop doing this. Why, why am I, what is it about this conflict? What is it about what's happening in our relationship? What is my partner saying to me that I'm interpreting that I need to gain their approval and their love again? Wow. So for them to have the self-awareness is really huge. It sounds like instead of just the spouse kind of working to open people up in any of these situations, we're really speaking to this three to say, this is your work to do, but it's probably the best work you could do as a worker, right? Correct. Correct. Absolutely. It's very, it's a very vulnerable place to be, but it is vital. And it is, you know, in the relationship with a three, um, I, I think there comes a point even where, when there's conflict for the partner of a three, because they really, they know that there is that inner deceit that goes on and the struggles that they have and that striving constantly striving to be Mm -hmm. something that they want from others to be. I also really love to see threes do their own personal work about their marriage in a different space, because I think that there's often so many layers and masks that when they're with their partner, the tendency is to merge with the partner in a way. So just to see them get some space to process on their own, I think is super helpful. And then just paying attention that um, they remember that while it's great to attune and please a coach or a therapist uh, or anyone that they're working with, what's even better is when they can take that home and do the work because threes are great at achieving outside of the relationship space, but when they can achieve inside of it, it, it just creates rewards that are just so beautiful and so, so much bigger than they ever expected. So we love to help them. One of the things that I love about my three clients is they always come to session with notes, with questions and very prepared and they always want homework. Mm. And I love that about them. Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. That's beautiful. They work so hard. Let's talk about fours because they are also amazing when they come into the therapeutic or coaching journey, they come ready to spill. They come ready to divulge the inner chambers of the heart. And I wondered if you have thoughts about how to get them past those contemplations and those that spilling into the places of the heart that will bring them growth and movement forward versus uh, just keeping them stuck there. I know that that's something we have to work on as coaches. And I know that the fours listening for their own marriages might need that help. I think in fours in a relationship, fours struggle with identity and personal significance, and they are extremely hard workers. They are very devoted and loyal in their relationship. That's a really good point that I don't think a lot of people know who aren't with a four. Like as much as fours struggle like anyone else, I've never seen anyone pull harder for a relationship to work, even being patient than a four who knows the potential, who has the ideals for it to go. So that's a beautiful reminder you give us. And, and I really want to add to that a little bit and feel free to add if you have more for fours, but I just really want to say that fours in um, attuning sometimes fours, although they know the feelings of everyone in the room, they don't always get the thoughts right about why people are feeling that way. So it's important for fours to attune to say, Hey, I, I feel this going on with you and I can sense something's off, 
but tell me about the why, because we're all storytellers, not just thinking types. And Mm -hmm. the four is telling a story about why it's happening. And of course, as a four, they're often telling a story that it's about them, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not a lot of the time their spouse has other things going on. So it's important for the partner to notice okay, I am going to tell you what it is about. And you were right, or at least partly right. Um, because that's a gift of a four. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that in, in the fours that I do know, um, I am very inspired by in, um, how well they do know they're very attentive. Like you said, um, to people's, um, hearts and emotions and, and energies and what they're feeling. And, I think they do, they do tend to take some of that on themselves and as a direct part of who they are, maybe in something that they've done wrong. They're very, Mm -hmm. extremely intelligent, extremely intelligent. And they are very hard workers, like I said before, and in in their relationship, they are very devoted. They are very loyal to their partner. And I love their heart for that, regardless Mm -hmm. of, of what they may be struggling with in a relationship. They are very loyal. So, oh my gosh. So thank you fours for being just models of how to just love people for the long haul. I I've seen it come back around for many fours where they're so patient and loving and, and their spouse really receives that. And just hoping that the fours can also learn to attune to their own hearts in this process and to not think that just being deep in contemplation all day is the best way, but for them to get into action too, I think will help them balance their attunement more than just like we said, these kind of cerebral notions of what everybody's doing. Like, oh, I grabbed a hold of that feeling. Now I've processed what it's about. And I'm not coming out of this kind of basement chamber of my heart. I'm going to sit here in this victim mode because my spouse is mad at me. So that's going deep. That's how you can join us if you ever want to talk on a deeper level in the coaching realm. But but that's, I think, helpful for us today with fours is to know that they they can lose it. They can lose their attraction as they go too deep. So they need to come back up. Um, and thank you, Melissa, for sharing about their loyalty. And then type fives. I know I have a few tips for, do you have any five clients? Five? Mm, I would say that, you know, basically they are looking for support and guidance. Um, A lot of times uh, they can be extremely protective and guarded of their heart, Mm. um, almost come across in a stoic, a stoic way. Yes. Protect themselves. Sometimes they aren't as trusting. Um, they can do things really well on their own. So they're afraid to trust other people to do them because what I have experienced from fives is that they don't want to trust anybody because they're afraid that person will let them down. So they'd rather do it themselves because they know they can do it better than they, then in turn, they don't have to be mad at somebody for not doing it as well as they thought they could. And in a relationship, I think that comes across as they, they are very guarded with their heart and they do come across very stoic. They don't show a lot of what they're feeling. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. And so for them to attune, it's a big deal. It's a space that they're not always used to. And they would rather do this practically, of course, and to hear their partner's thoughts and then leave and go process it away and say, you know, thank you for sharing your feelings and thoughts. And, and I want fives to do that because I think they're good at saying that when they get healthy, then that's a way they actually do a tune is just to say, thank you for sharing. And they can have a softer tone and fives can understand that even thought wise, how to lower your tone, how to lean in, how to be sweeter. 
But then when they want to leave to go away, I would encourage fives to take some deep breaths and to stay in for even just a few minutes longer, uh, even though it may be terrifying to lose some control and to have that sensation of I'm going to lose my cool here because I'm going to run out of steam um, or be too vulnerable. But I think that when they do stay there, it's a really beautiful and a different move for their spouses. And so when a five does that, have you experienced just seeing them open that heart when they can stay in for a little bit longer? Yes, I have. It gives, uh, it's working on giving them a safe place for that, to be able to say, we can let down, we can show a little bit of vulnerability and the person in your partner that you're dealing with is safe. They aren't coming at you. They're not setting you up for failure. They don't want to fail. Um, This is their priority. Your heart is their priority. You are safe Mm -hmm. with them being able to express those feelings. And again, attuning, being able to attune and to stay in that scary place of vulnerability and being able to work through that and doing that in a manner that shows the five, I am safe in this. I am safe with my partner. I am safe expressing how I feel. I am safe depending on them a little bit that they aren't Mm -hmm. going to hurt me, wound me. Yes. Mm, yes. And I like how you're bringing the spouse in here because this is one of those tough spots on the Enneagram for the heart to get in there. So it is a great space for spouses to be able to say, I'm here too. How can I attune to make you feel safe and to make you feel like I'm not going to swallow you whole if I actually want to process something. So they're giving space and the five is leaning in and staying a bit longer. Beautiful. What about our type sixes who are dealing with uh, not feeling attuned or maybe even overly attuning because of some of the stories they're telling internally? I've experienced with my sixes in their relationships with their heart. Uh, They are, they feel very vulnerable all the time. I feel like they um, open up their heart and they want back what they are given. They want that guidance and they want that support from their partner. And as soon as there's a distraction from their partner, a six goes into, they're not here for me. Um, they're not here to support me. They're not here. It's, it's, it's that inner voice or past wounds that are speaking to them in that relationship. And it's, I feel that the sixes that I've worked with, um, they do become anxious in that relationship. And it's working on changing the dialogue that they're listening to in their mind to say that this person is not going to neglect you. They're not going to abandon you. And all these fears that you are creating in your mind, as real as they may feel, aren't necessarily always true. So I want to give a safe place to that for you. I want you to be able to express your feelings. I want you to know that in this safe place, you are okay and you are safe and this your partner or any situation that you're in, they're not all out to get you. You're not going to be attacked, even though that's your perspective sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good reminder is you're safe here. This is a good place if you attune and when they don't attune, it can be very charged up and it can be a warlike setting. And that's why I really wanted a two to talk with us today about how to choose love over war, because (laughs) you have a gift with that and sixes have the hugest care. So they have the gift with it too. Ultimately it is coming from a place of love, but the reactivity 
around the desperation around all of that needs a lot of refining. So thank you for sharing those tips. And I just want to add to the sixes listening that you are the most courageous of all the types when you really do put this on and it takes more courage to take time to pause, to go think out your own thoughts than it does to push, push, push. So we're excited to see you grow. And again, a six, um, they are again, very loyal and they, their capacity to love is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I am very inspired by that in a six. Me too. I'm so inspired by that. Um, and as you please listen to that Leslie Hirschberger episode, I keep referring to because six is you need to know that the stories you tell about your partner aren't always true. And they're actually wounding you a lot of the times. So you can attune better when you tell healthy stories and type sevens in relationship. Well, the sevens in my life that I know, which would be you, Krista, um, (laughs) one of my experiences with the seven, I, I absolutely love everything that I see about you, but because you are a seven, I think that this would be one that you would speak on. I love that. And Melissa, I've been interrogating you for your two <laughs> wisdom today. And so I think it's probably the right timing. Um, but I really uh, just, yeah, I want to tell sevens out there that just like I said to sixes, make sure you work on that aggressive pouncing that you have all this energy. And so when you're in a relationship, your partner can feel that. And as much as you mean to attune, they're feeling swallowed up whole. And so it's important <laughs> that you take a few breaths that you probably, like I said, for type ones, go for a walk and talk, but for a different reason, a ones like to talk the whole time on the walk for a seven, they're always talking. So for them, walking is therapeutic enough and they can be thinking and walking and they don't have to be talking. So it's an important place to keep a seven moving if possible, unless they're really relaxed, they've just had a big meal or it's toward the end of the night and they're getting really tired. Um, so if you can hit a seven when they're not as energized, then yeah, try to attune then, but otherwise get them in a mobilized space or eating like Suzanne Stabile said when she was on the episode and that way they can have multiple, uh, outlets for their stimming behaviors because they are sensory seeking typically, and they need things to be doing. So it's important that that they feel safe when they're processing that way. They're not coming on too thick, coming in too heavy, too strong. Um, and then their partner can help them to feel safer by saying, I'm not going to smother you. I'm going to give you some choices here and some freedoms because then the seven will feel like they're safe to attune. Nobody feels safe who says I can't trust anybody. And that's at the seven's core issue. Um, so if you say, I, I want you, and I need you to do this one thing that Um, I want you to do as a spouse and the seven doesn't feel safe. Well, they're not going to be able to do it, but if you can give them a little bit of padding and comfort and say, this is going to be something that we can compromise on so that you can feel safe. It's kind of like we said for the fives and the sixes too, this is just the safety triad. They need that. So I hope that's helpful for spouses of sevens and for sevens to advocate for themselves too because sevens don't always advocate for themselves. They, they know all of what I'm saying, but they don't tell their spouse this part of it because it's vulnerable. Right. And I think sevens also can create a dialogue in their mind that isn't necessarily happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they might even lament on that sometimes Mm -hmm. in their relationship with their partner. Mm, 100%. Are you in my head? (laughs) 
No, but I know you're always trying to get in my heart because you're always closing <laughs> your eyes. And I love that about you. It's <laughs> true. I, my eyes were closed right then. <laughs> so for those listening, my eyes have been closed. So <laughs> that's one of the things I love about Krista is she always says, I'm in my head space. I'm in my head space. I'm always in my heart space. And so I love it when I'm talking to her and she'll close her eyes and go, mm, like, <laughs> She's really trying to attune and feel that heart space. And I love the fact that you try that so hard. I love that you're even aware of that. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. You are so sweet. I picked up that on that the first time that we met. I was like, oh, I love that she's doing that. I don't know what right now, but I love that she's doing it. <laughs> exactly. Like that's the quirks of humanity is we have these strange little routes that we take to try to like find our hearts and our bodies and our minds in these different ways. Perfectly, and it's- perfectly you. And I love oh, it. Oh, thank you. And you know what? Wes loves it too. And it's taken us time to get there where we appreciate now the strange little ways we try to find each other. So listeners try to do this with your spouse. You might be like, wow, I can see that you're trying so hard right now to be in this space and it's not working, but it makes both of you giggle. I've seen that a lot with clients too. And it's like just the effort makes us happy, right? Yes. Just the effort, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in the heart triad and and when you're working with, or you're in a relationship with somebody that's in, in, in the gut, the instinct or in, in the mind triad, you, it's hard to make those connections to understand each other. A lot of times, especially when they, they are in a heart place, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you do all the time. You're just always trying to attune to that. And I Mm -hmm. love that. Hmm, thank you. So sevens take note it's work, but it's worth it. Look, I'm getting through to a heart type and, um, yeah, that that's a beautiful gift to me because once the seven does attune with their heart, they do have a heart. It's huge. It takes a while to get there, but, uh, the sensitivity comes, the tears can flow as needed. And then there's some respite and relief from the overdoing. So it is a beautiful thing. And then we lean into eights who are also overdoers and have trouble accessing pain. As we talked about in our group yesterday with our Enneagram and marriage coaches. So it's really not always easy for an eight to be vulnerable. What are your thoughts about eights learning to open up their hearts? And I know you have a line to eight. Eights, they are, I think they can really expose their heart when they're in a relationship. Again, they are very loyal. They are very protective. Um, There can be a sense of insecurity with that. I think for an eight to feel safe, they need that reciprocation back from their partner. They need a validation from their partner. They don't, you know, one of the things that the eight fears is to be hurt, harmed, or controlled by anybody else. And I think it's when we're in a relationship with the two, their personalities can be very strong. They are leaders and they are gung-ho and very passionate and intense with the things that they do. And I feel like in a relationship for, I think an eight, I think it's important that they do get in touch with their physical needs. I think an eight needs to go out and physically work out and to walk and to run and to use that body that it's that appropriation that they need to be in touch with in their bodies to be able to release some of those energies. And I think that when they do that in a relationship, it gives them that place of being able to come to their partner and saying, okay, I've released some of those energies now, now, now my heart is open to you. I can, I can communicate with you and I can attune to you. And it doesn't have to come across as being angry or controlling or too intense for the person that they're with. Mm, That's really huge that you, you named that. And I love how you talked about appropriation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? There's different levels to it. It can be anywhere from the way that we 
hold something. A child, a lot of time, doesn't know their level appropriation. So they may pick up a pencil and break it because they don't even understand the concept of how to regulate that touch. Um, it's what our it's just, it's what our body needs to move. It's that energy within our body to get it out. It's the way that we hug or we don't hug um, the contact that we have with other people. And I think with the eight, mm-hmm. uh, I think that they are, they are very affectionate. Um, they do have just like their personality, just like their heart. It's, it's a very strong physical connection that they do have. They are highly aroused um, mm-hmm. and they enjoy that physical connection with their partner. Mm, yeah. Oh my gosh. You named it. And it's kind of that proprioception. Some people say is that hidden sixth sense, um, body awareness. And I'm, I'm really loving that you're pairing that with the eight here, Melissa, that's brilliant. So thank you so much. People can investigate that there's therapists who do that. And, um, and, and it's just nice for you to give tips right here and now of what they can do to get regulated. Yes. Yes. And I, and I think I think that's very important. And it's just understanding that when you are with an eight to understand their intensity um, and that they're, you know, as we talked about yesterday um, is that their first emotion is anger a lot of times. And that is um, a a shield to what they're really feeling to hide behind those feelings that they are afraid to feel. So the anger masks that for them. And they feel like if I can feel angry in this, if I can come across angry, I can mask those feelings of vulnerability underneath because nobody is going to hurt me. Nobody is going to control me. Mm, Yes, absolutely. And they have to, we have to find our own routes where, uh, so it, you know, as much as we might want to say, Oh, like, I I found out your deep hidden wound and now we're going to fix that. It's like, no, this is best persons to work out. So I love that you're giving them ways they can do it that feel safe to them. Um, And then let's lastly talk about nines. What do you think about our precious nines and opening their hearts up? I love the nine. I love the nine when they first come to me, Mm -hmm. they are me, they are mild. They are almost withdrawn within themselves. Um, They feel like they don't have a right to really speak what they're feeling because it doesn't really matter. It's not going to change anything. I feel like nines have been spoken a message at a very young age of if you're quiet, you're well behaved. If we, if you don't complain, you're, you're a good child. If you just stay quiet over here, um, we are grateful for that. And you are such a good girl. You're such a good boy. And so that message to a nine tells them that it's just, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm a good person. If I'm quiet, I don't create any conflict and I will be loved by other people. And in growing up that message, they, they carry that into their relationships and into their adulthood. And they don't have an opinion of a lot of things. They're afraid to voice their opinion because in their mind, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything. So why even say anything? It's okay if I'm here. I don't really need to be seen. I don't really need to be heard. You know, if my partner likes the color of the house being green and I don't, I hate it. Does it really matter? I'm not going to say anything because I don't want the conflict that's going to come with me voicing my opinion. So -hmm. they stay quiet. One of the things I love about working with my nines is teaching them, you do have a voice. You are allowed to speak your opinion and it does matter. And people want to hear you talk. They want to hear what is, what is in your mind, what is on your heart. And that message that you were spoken to as a child is not what your truth is now. So I I try to help to give them a voice to know what their worth is, to, to be able to stand tall and to be able to speak what their desires are and to share that in a relationship and know that when they 
do speak what their desires are, what their needs are, what their wants are, what their hurts are, what their joys are, that that is accepted, it's cherished, and it is appreciated very much. When you're with a nine, a lot of times people that are with nines are like, I just wish they would share with me. Like they don't, they just close down. They don't say anything. They don't express what, I don't have any idea what they're thinking. They just stonewall. And when you're people that are with a nine, they want to hear what their partner has to say, but that, so it's overcoming that fear of being rejected of saying, we don't want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And because we do, we want to hear what is on the nine's heart and, one of the biggest, most beautiful ways. Mm, Yes. And you are so good with nines. I love seeing the way you work with the nines on our team and, and in your work. And I just, I'm grateful for you reminding them here that they're allowed to have feelings and that when they express them, they're important. And I love the way you care. I can just hear your care across the airwaves. Like, thank you so much for lending that to the nines because nines need all of us helping to clear the way for their voices, because there's just so many ways their voices can get lost in the sea of people. So, um, nines, we just want you to feel like you are just as important as everybody else. And, uh, even if somebody in your life doesn't see that, or they're just given such peace by you that they just don't experience how to give you that space. It's, it's great to have a coach. If you're a nine, um, similar to what I said about three is that just somebody else to help you to remember, not to just merge with everybody else, but to, to have some space to do that, or your inner coach to, to be there to say every single day, I make a commitment to myself that I will show up for me. And some nines do really well with the morning mantra to do just that. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you're working with a nine and you start to see them take on their eight wing mm-hmm. and they really start to become a leader and they have a voice and they start to share what those are. And they start to stand up for themselves too. They don't just keep taking and taking and taking things that are negative in the relationship. If there is that happening, but they learn to stand up for themselves and say, no, this is not okay. This is not right. I'm not comfortable with this. And I, there's to me, nothing more joyful and rewarding to be able to see a nine do that in their relationship. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love that. And what a fantastic finish just to walk through each type and how they can open up their hearts with an expert heart type. So thank you, Melissa, so much for chiming in today to really gift us with this episode. Thank you, Krista, for giving me the opportunity. I always love any amount of time that I can spend with you. (laughs) You're so sweet. And I'm always running to and fro. That's okay. So when I, I'm a time person. So when I get time with somebody, I'm like, oh my gosh, especially, you know, you, I know how busy you are and how much you have going on. So it truly is it. I treasure it. I really do. You're an angel. And I treasure my time with you too. And sometimes, as I've mentioned, I even have little conversations with you and you're not, (laughs) I'm like, I should give her a call actually. I will always answer the phone for you. Always. (laughs) You are such an angel. And I will continue to talk to you in my head in between our wonderful meetings. And we do get to see each other, guys. We are together in our coaching meetings and we are together in our local meetings. But, you know, being a therapist and a coach, it is a lonely field if you don't reach out. So thank you for being there for all of us today, Melissa, and me included. Yeah. Well, thank you for everything that you're doing and sharing with the world and and with your knowledge and your heart and your mind. Thank you. Okay. We'll have an awesome day. You too, Krista. Thank you. 
Guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us. As you heard Melissa say, it's so important to make sure that you guys are giving one another such a good listening ear and to know that you are making a huge difference in somebody's life when you are allowing them to process. You're giving them a chance not just to process top down from the brain, but body and heart up to have that perspective of, wow, we are giving each other safety. And that means so much. And that's been so under talked about. So give one another this bodily attunement. I can't wait to hear how it goes with you. We're going to be chatting so much more in the goal getting May. And we are coming up on some fun marriage podcast. So stay tuned for that. Lastly, I'm so proud of you for making it through the podcast, for really finishing what you started and for heading into the rest of your week with intention and with joy. We will talk with you soon. Of course, go to EnneagramandMarriage.com if you want more tools. And don't forget, we are ready to talk soon about our collective so that you can be part of our membership group. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.